Welcome to the House Club Live podcast, featuring the full artist interviews from our video broadcast on YouTube. My name is Warner Case, and I host the show alongside Vin D'Amato and Nick Timko. Join us during the broadcast every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash warnercase. In chat, you can ask questions to us and our guests, talk with other house music fans, or just hang out. Until next Sunday, enjoy this interview and feel free to share it with friends. Without further ado, let's bring out the man himself. Uh, he recently launched Quincy Boy Records. He was a former member, or is a former member of Cobra Starship, and he was a sous chef for a while. So he's got a lot of talents. Please welcome to the show, Lefty. Hey. Yeah. There's the man. There he is. Up, How guys? you doing, Lefty? AKA I'm good. I'm Alex. sorry. I uh, sorry. I messed up all your technical issues there and <laughs> created oh. havoc before I just bounced and then decided to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it, we need a little. Uh, we need a little diva in the show every once in a while. We know that you're just trying to create some fun. So thank you for that. My pleasure. <laughs> That's a great track, by the way, man. I mean, you know, obviously, Thanks. it sounds disingenuous for me to say that because it's like <clears throat> obviously the friend is going to say it's a great track, but yeah, your stuff you, is you would lie so to me. groovy and energetic, and it's you know, it's one of those things. As you know, I love playing your music in my sets because if it says lefty on it, I know it's going to groove, it's going to hit, and it and it just it it feels right. How do you how do you hone your your? I don't want to say hone your sound, but how are you able to get it so consistently energetic and groovy? Is there something that you actively think about or is it just accidentally that way? Well, thanks, man. I think it's a little bit of both, I guess. You know what it is? Every time I try to sit down and make something a little different, it kind of ends up just being the same. So it kind of is accidental. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I try to make everything different and, you know, and special each time. So from there, it's kind of like, you know, what's going to happen? So... I think the groove is kind of definitely in like my baseline production. So that's something I definitely do intentionally do because I like the bass to move a certain way. kind of gives you the rhythm of the, the, the groove of the music, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you, you started off as a guitarist and then you ended up playing bass. Uh, do you think that that, I mean, it, it's always, it always comes through for me to me. Your bass is always very present and it's, generally my favorite part of your tracks. Do you think that's uh, a key element to what you do? Yeah, definitely. I think having experience kind of getting into playing bass and stuff like that, which was not my original instrument, like you said. But I, uh, yeah, you know, I just kind of just run with it and it kind of became a big part of my production for sure. I think making dance music and having live bass in particular is something that I, I've tried to incorporate quite, quite a bit. And, um, you know, I also like play my synth bass line parts so that they feel kind of more natural. And you just get like a different groove than if you were to just kind of drop MIDI blocks around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vin's a big, big proponent of that. I, I, I'm, I don't want to speak out of school. I assume that's correct. Right, Vin? Yeah. I, um, you know, I think, uh, not everybody has that as a resource and available to them to be able to play confidently into um, their their music, but um, there's definitely plenty of tools also now in in the DAWs in the in the workstations that can bring uh, some of that liveness, some of that randomness, um, kind of back into it. So it's something that I would suggest yeah. everybody strives for. You know, if you're a producer out there, you know, it's something that translates to people, um, you know, pretty easily. So yeah, I, I I'm a big proponent of that as well. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I tell people all the time because I've been doing some teaching and stuff like that. Oh, um, awesome. And I tell them, I'd say, yeah, I've been working with the Electronic Music Collective here in New York. Oh, very cool. And um, impressive. Thanks. And I always tell them, I say, you know what? Even if you're not going to play it perfectly, yeah. as long as the notes are right, you can fix the timing of it and the length of it and all that stuff. Like, 
get it down because you never know if you're going to get this like little special vibe. And why not make your own samples? Why not use your own samples? You know, I mean, obviously I still use samples and stuff, but I try to use less and less. Yeah. I had this conversation with a friend of mine and again, not to bore the non-producers out there, but it does translate directly to the listeners. But essentially what you have at your disposal is unique to you, right? So anything you have in your room, a shaker, a tambourine, what microphone you use, what cables you use, what instruments you use, um, all of those things are very unique to you. And I know Warner will back me up on this because his sound is 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 very sonically like that as well. You know, it automatically gives you uh, an advantage in, um, an, in, a, in an area and in an industry that's very oversaturated as it is. And, you know, yeah, I, yeah. listen, I pull stuff down on Splice, I use Splice. You know what I mean? It, it's I, it's something that I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm I got to farm my own samples. You know, it's not. I, I do make my own samples, yes, but I do grab some Splice from time to time. But I will say, it is something that I, I really do encourage um, other people to do, just because what you have at your disposal will automatically give you that kind of unique sonic imprint. Yeah, and Alex, uh, do you think that now that you've got your own record label, do you approach like sourcing your own music or other people's music differently than? before? I mean, are you like, are you more, uh, I don't want to say like curatorially curate. Are you being more picky with your stuff now that you've got your own label? Um, that's a good question. And not really, actually. I think, uh, <laughs> no, because you know what? I think that the whole thing about getting into, cause like I started this to just self-release some music and kind of have another outlet to actually put out stuff that might not be appealing to like a bigger label that wants like a record that'll like perform a certain way. So essentially, no, I kind of want to be able to put out stuff that like I just love to do. And that was the kind of idea of it. But hey, if I can funnel some of my own records through that will maybe generate some stuff, you know, obviously we're going to push for that too. But it is also good to keep releasing with other labels for sure. So we're, you know, the plan is to to definitely obviously still continue doing that. But as far as A&Ring records goes for the label, I think my idea there is to, you know, collaborate with other people on their releases that you know i want to like play the records out it's like i hear it and i say oh i would spin this like let's sign it if it's available you know that's pretty much how i want to approach that because i don't know i mean yeah it's it's kind of more just about that really so right getting like a bunch of people that are in the same groove and vibe and stuff sorry no 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 i I cut you off my apologies i uh for the producers out there watching i don't want to you know, speak for you, Alex, but are you taking, uh, are you taking submissions? And if so, where can people send stuff to Quincy Boy Records? Yeah, we haven't quite set up like a submission form yet. Um, you could always just DM me stuff. I'm always down to check out records and people send me stuff all the time, even to just kind of get an opinion on or whatever it is. Uh, so I'm always down to listen to stuff for sure. Uh, that's kind of how I linked up with our first release. That's not mine. Releasing an EP for this artist out of Texas named some bloke. And I kind of saw him on Instagram and I was like, yo, send me this. I would love to hear it. And I tried to get him signed at another label, kind of didn't end up happening. And then when I started my label, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign this guy on the first release. That's not going to be my own. Very so, cool. That's great. Um, What's, what, what stuck out to, to you about the song? I just heard it and it just had that groove that I love. You know, he's got the vibe that I'm just really into. And uh, he's a talented producer and he just like, you know, makes real genuine music. You could tell. And he's just like, not doing music for a career and wants right. to really badly and is a really good DJ. I've watched his live streams. We became really good friends over the last few years, a couple of years, I guess. And um, yeah, that's it. All because he like hashtagged like Disco House or something <laughs> on a post. I saw hey, it. Hey, listen. And, and that pro, yeah. Yeah. Pro, pro tip, tip out, out there. there. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. Dude, definitely. Internet, that's, definitely. That's the, that is one of the biggest pros, in my opinion, to social media. I mean, social media has its massive drawbacks as far as like mental health is concerned, but, but you know, your ability to actually directly reach people is huge. It didn't used to exist. So if you're persistent enough, then, you know, you never know. I've, I've, I've done it where I've reached out to artists or labels or whatever, just directly. And then I DM them and, uh, you know, I try my best to get their attention and it has worked at times and most times not, but Hey, you never know. Yeah, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That was a, a quote from, yeah. stuff off this from, the, from Wayne Gretzky from somebody else. <laughs> it's funny because you never know how it's going to go. Where like, you know, I started reaching out to some bigger names after like I had a single release on tour when I was like, let's see if I can get some some interesting collabs going. So I would like yeah. kind of see like a like from somebody like substantially larger, like a larger successfully artist, whatever. And I'd be like, hey, let me reach out. Like, hey. And they're like, yo. And I'm like, oh, I love your new tune. Blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, thanks. Love your record. Blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, everything's tip. good. Like, yeah. And I'm like, cool, cool. Want to collab? Silence. <laughs> then it's yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, you got to, but you got to take your shot, man. That's, I've, I've, totally. uh, that's actually, that's kind of how the Kyle Watson collab that, that I did with Kyle Watson happened. I, I mean, we got connected through our teams, but, you know, it was one of those things where I just like made a list of the artists that I really liked and thought like, who can I reach out to? Who can I collaborate with? And then luckily I was able to get in touch with Kyle for that reason. And fortunately he had a track that he needed a top line on and it just worked out. But if I hadn't sat down and just thought like, Hey, who do I want to work with? And then tried to do it, it wouldn't have happened. So if you're a producer out there watching, that's, you know, look, try the worst that can happen is they say no or ignore you. And that sucks. But the best that can happen is they say yes, and then your career yeah, changes. I, uh, and by the way, if you're in chat and you've got questions for Lefty, aka Alex, please be sure to post them. We're happy to uh, to listen. And anybody listening to the podcast right now, make sure to tune into our live stream Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, so that you can participate in the conversation. Now, back to the show. Vin, you said you were about to say something. I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, I think I might have just saw this in like one of those Rick Rubin inspirational quote things. But um, I think I think as artists, and this goes beyond music, right? Um, as an artist, I think as soon as you release something into the world uh, that is yours, that you've that you've made and created, you you've won already, right? Like, you know what I mean? So like yeah. uh, taking those next steps and and kind of those leaps of faith are are hard. I mean, I I also struggle with them as well. But um, if you can kind of appreciate that you've already won and you've achieved what you're looking to achieve by putting music out there and, and getting your creations out there, then like, you know, the rest is kind of just, you know, it's just a, it's, it's just gravy. It's gravy. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I've, I've got a, I've got a question for you, Alex. This is a really, um, I don't mean to put you on the hot spot and I don't mean to be a gotcha show, but <laughs> you said yes to pineapple on pizza. And I firmly agree with you, oh. but we have some people on this show who do not for some reason. Yes. I need to know why you and I are 1 billion percent right. Especially okay. from coming from I'll the tell chef, you why. man. All right, let's hear this. Coming from the yeah. chef. Yeah, let me tell you right now. <laughs> okay, do I put pineapple on pizza all the time? No. Okay, I don't think it's a good pizza topping. However, Hawaiian pizza has always been a thing during my lifetime, and I've had it once or twice, and it's really good, and it makes sense with the sweet, with the meat, with the cheese and everything, and it's part of the whole experience. And it's actually really, really good if you've ever had a good version of it. So it can be really tasty, and it is a different pizza. Is it the pizza I get all the time? Absolutely not. Is it a good pizza topping? Do I want mushrooms with pineapple? No way. Okay? Just in the one application, it is completely acceptable. Therefore, it has to be allowed as a topping, but it is not my favorite. And it is pretty good in the one application. Okay. All right. So I, there I, it is. I appreciate... Well, I appreciate your uh, 
I, 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 and listen, not that I don't appreciate Warner's take on this either. Cause I know he, he is also of the uh, culinary, uh, you know, arts. He, 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 well, he thinks very well. Vin, Vin, both Warner and lefty post a lot of good stuff that you and I probably have no business making. So I think we might, we should probably take a little bit of advice. Yeah, listen, from them. All right. Maybe, but the pizza thing, I appreciate the humility listen, and also because you said, I'm listen, right. I, look, yes. Yes. <laughs> but I also come from like the, the, the only thing I have, you know, food wise to me is like pizza. Like I, if there's anything I'm going to, uh, right, right. If I'm not, I'm, ta- sure. if I'm not talking was, like this. He came out the, yeah. he came out the Sorry. way. With it. Yeah. It yeah. It, look, it's an American <laughs> thing and that's just it. It's, it's its own thing. It's like an invention that also has a random ingredient on it. And they say, Hey, you know what? We're going to call it Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> and they put ham and they put pineapple and it makes good sense. You ever have prosciutto and cantaloupe since you're Italian? Yeah, yes, I have. I have. Okay, it's the same concept. concept. What's different okay, than that? Okay, all right. It's, it's identical. Do you well, want to put cantaloupe on pizza? I, I will try it. I will try it. I will I will try it. Have you never? Favor, no, though, it's sacrilegious. Don't try. Do not Wait just try pineapple Wait. pizza. You got to get Hawaiian pizza specifically. And that's it. It's got to say Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> and that's what you want to get. You don't want to just put Hawaiian. Don't go. go don't get pineapple on pizza. Uh, okay, anywhere. okay. You got to go get Hawaiian okay, pizza. Okay, okay. And, and hold on a second. Spot. Hold on. We just we just rolled over the fact that Vin said he's never even tried no, it. No, I can't. You don't understand. Like uh, this is Easter Sunday. Like this is the high holiday we're talking about. This. Like I I I like. Uh, first of all, <laughs> you can't find pineapple on pizza where I grew up. Like it didn't exist. I only started to see it in Manhattan. Like when I used to when I used to take trips into the city, and it was so foreign. We were like, "What the hell is this?" You know what I mean? So it was it was like very it was Good. very strange to me. So listen, I will defer to the culinary experts here in the room, and I will try Hawaiian pizza. I will. I will. But hey, Vin, I, but hey, hey, Vin that's what it? I try to tell people is I'm like, Italians will not find this acceptable. It, I'm like, correct. that's why it doesn't belong. Because it's not an Italian. Uh, right. right. Not, right. And, hey, hey, hey. But, but anyway, I just got to tell everyone on the background of this, Vin, you and I are 0 for 3 on this on this I know, dude. Everybody has guests. been coming in and saying they we like get, pineapple on we pizza. We got to find someone. So I guess we're the we're the, outl- we're the outlier. So I guess we're going to have to we're going to have to we're going to have to change change our ways a bit. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to because I'm 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 the the leader of this show. I'm going to end by saying that pineapple does go on pizza and Nick and Vin are just wrong flat out. And we're going to move on to the next question uh, since I like giving myself the last word. I'm playing around, guys. You can have whatever you want, but <laughs> Hey, food is food is a creative art, just like very music. true. Yeah, you know, there are no there are no wrong notes in jazz, and there are no wrong food combinations. In oh, I like wow, that was very well said, my friend. That very was eloquent. very eloquent. That was very I well said. I should have a podcast. <laughs> I should have a podcast. All right, so Alex, I've got a question for you. Um, I've always been, you know, for for viewers who don't, uh, viewers and listeners who don't know, I've known you for for a bunch of years now, and yeah. I am so intrigued by your story in the industry having started as a guitarist and then you kind of like became accidentally kind of the bassist in cobra starship and so i don't want to ask you about that because you've been asked that a billion times but my my question is as you've seen the industry in every different possible direction and light how do you stay motivated considering you know what's there you know what success looks like you know what you know what it's like to struggle. You know what it's like to succeed. You know, what keeps you going after having done everything? Yeah, interesting. Um, I guess that is kind of shocking because it's been a long time. I, you know, I've kind of gone through the whole gambit. You know, I've seen from playing house shows in basements and empty bars 
to honest like stadiums opening for Justin Bieber, you know? Um, and you know, I like different things about music. I think, I think two, two elements here, one having knowledge and experience from like being totally independent and then getting put into like a, onto a huge platform with a lot of, you know, other people involved and learning about all that and making contacts and stuff like that kind of bring me back now to being independent again and saying, wow, you know, I have a lot of good resources and experience. Like, I think I can actually put better use to kind of trying to keep doing it, you know, but of course it changes in and it's in a different form now because I've gone through a lot of different musical experiences, I guess, in the industry genre wise. So like changing that up, I think for me is a big motivation because it always gives me something new to focus on. I mean, I don't know how much more I got left in me, but I, uh, you know, (laughs) plan to plan to do this for, for a good while. So, um, you know, playing in bands from like punk bands with my friends in high school to, to starting a band, you know, after college and being here in New York and then joining another band that was Cobra that was much bigger and doing that whole thing. And after that, you know, I kind of started getting more to electronic music back in like, you know, the Bloghouse days, 2006 yeah. and started like doing all that stuff. And I said, oh, this is something new and exciting, you know? So yeah. I got into that. We started DJing a bunch then. I was DJing a bunch in New York and, um, you know, in like the more of the open format lane because I had a bunch of friends in that scene and we would play some little disco parties here and there. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Then I started doing my own project, which was never really my intention when I started doing it, but seemed like a fun idea and it kind of became, you know, a more serious hobby for me that eventually took all the way. And now I'm getting deeper into the business side of it. I think mainly because I feel like, you know, there is a lot to learn and a lot of ups and downs of of the industry. And I think between like, you know, my managers and I, we have like a lot of experience and knowledge together where we kind of feel like we can pave our own path. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do here is like, you know, definitely want to play the game. Of course you have to, and it's fun and there's a lot of great people to meet along the way, but maybe we can kind of get our stuff out there in our own way that we feel like we're in control of and, uh, you know, confident in doing so. I think, wow. I mean, that's, that's, Oh, I was just gonna say, I think if if there's a time to uh, to do that, it's it's now, right? I mean, if you're gonna pave your own way, and especially having uh, that knowledge and experience to bring with you, um, and especially being able to um, bestow that upon these artists that you seem to be working with and that you're bringing on the Quincy Boy, I think that's really amazing, right? Because you know, if if you're if it's now, if there was any time to be able to pave pave your own way and kind of do it yourself, it's, it's 2021. And, uh, you know, I think it's really cool to see that, you know, you're, you're kind of taking that approach, uh, especially with the label. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's exciting. You know, um, you know, we just had the first release. I mean, I'm really excited for you, but it's also scary. I know how it feels to, I mean, it's, it's probably, uh, to an extent, like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like a different extension of the scary but exciting element of releasing a new song in general. Now you're releasing your own baby. It's a it's a whole label. What what new what new things did you experience or have you so far experienced that you didn't expect? Maybe something that was scarier or less scary or more exciting or less than uh, than what you thought at the beginning. Um, I guess I didn't really have many expectations. It was kind of like we put together a game plan to say, hey, let's build a team of, you know, people that we can collaborate with on the releases to kind of, you know, push my own self-releases out, which was the idea at first. And then when we kind of started to get some good players involved, like our distribution and and some other 
like our, our PR company that we're doing the DJ service with and stuff, uh, we said, Hey, you know what? Like, I think we can offer a little, we can offer this to other people and like do some good work. You know, I want to be able to, you know, I've released with a lot of small independent labels and it's sometimes I feel like, Hey, you know, like I could do this on my own. So that's kind of why that started. And now I say, Hey, you know what, if we can like, if we can get this to work, you know, I definitely want to be able to offer this to other people and release music that I'm just really excited about that I want to play out of my sets. And then it can kind of become a thing where I start promoting my own label with my DJing and our own parties and all this stuff starts to happen. So it seemed like a really great idea to start doing that and to offer good resources to up and coming artists because I know like when you're new and you're trying to you know release some of these other labels, you don't get as much support because they don't invest that much into it. Correct. Oh, I could talk. We can yeah, talk. That's a whole, we that's have, a whole other podcast. We talked at length for sure. about this. I mean, the, the summary, this, I'll summarize my thoughts on that really quickly, which is that, Alex, I couldn't agree more, that artists starting out, there's it's an infinite amount of stuff that you're expected to know, and it's insane. And yeah. unfortunately, I think too many people in the industry basically either intentionally or unintentionally prey on the lack of knowledge of people starting out. The amount of contracts I've been I've been sent that you're just like, holy shit, who would sign these? And the answer is a lot of people because they don't know better or they don't have access to uh, lawyers or they don't have money for lawyers. And it's, you know, you're signing away. I know people and we, we actually, I won't mention names, but we all know people who've been like stuck in contracts for years. Yeah. And so I, I'm really glad that you at, at Quincy Boy records are making sure to, to look out for your artists in that way too, because you know intimately what it's like to be the artist. Totally. You've seen all the different ways that people can try to take advantage of you. Yeah. And we're being very transparent and up, up front with everything that's in the deal that says, hey, this is how this works, explaining it to them if they don't know. It's like, some people don't even care. Like, I don't care. Let's just do it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Have, but let me explain to you what's actually yeah, what's happening here. You're not gonna, you're yeah. not going to be the standard. You're the anomaly, right? You're, you're, you're being up front with them yeah. and making sure that you're transparent is not what happens. And it's good that you're, know, you're right. uh, you know, letting them know that because they, oh yeah, I don't care. My song's getting signed here. Take it for life. And I'll never have the master, right? It's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in perpetuity yeah, in, is in not perpetuity, a good thing. Take, take my music forever. That's like, that's the kind of stuff that people walk into in these deals. And I'm just, you know, it's it's really um, invaluable uh, that, you're, that you're bringing that to the table for these up and coming artists. So, you know, I think Warner and I especially appreciate, uh, appreciate that you're doing that kind of thing. So cool, man. Thank Absolutely. you guys. Yeah, that's, and, that's, you know, that's I, very uh, good of you, man. I, that's very good of you, and I think I think it's going to position you in a very good. And I know this isn't why you're doing it, but it's going to position you in a very good spot moving down the road too with all these guys. So I think so. You know, I'm hoping that we can get so. everybody onto a good platform here and just kind of you know helps help get their names out, help get my own name out, and and do stuff yeah. with just things that we like. Yeah, I see that here. Let me see. Oh, let's Andreina see. Andreina uh, Figueredo. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll let you say the name. Uh, yes. So the question for those of you who are listening is at the risk of uh, at the risk of asking a question with an incredibly obvious answer. Uh, answer. Are you a lefty? Why did you choose lefty as your DJ slash producer name? That's a great question. Uh, obviously, I'll let you answer that lefty. By the way, yes. by the way, Alex, do you speak Spanish? Because most people that don't speak Spanish can't pronounce that. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty darn close. I like it. I also have a name like that, Alexandro Francisco Suarez Virta Marquina Serra. What's up? <laughs> oh, fire! I think I just, I think I just came. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I am left-handed, and it has actually been my nickname in my family my entire life because I'm the only left-handed one. So my dad called me Lefty since I was a little kid, and still to this day answers the phone every time. He goes, "Hey, Lefty!" <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. I, I love that you're. I love that he's uh, he's apparently uh, Fonzie. <laughs> he is. Um, my dad is basically Spanish Fonzie. Yeah. <laughs> he used well, to say, I'm glad we Fonzarelli. got Fonzarelli. I'm really. I'm really glad we got to the bottom of this. And so before we end the interview, I'd like to ask you one quick question. And I think it's a really helpful thing. If you were starting out as a musician today, if you're giving advice to young producers out there, what do you think the the thing is that um, you would do differently at the beginning now that you know everything? Or a lot? <laughs> uh, it's a, in what? Is it like an electronic music scene? I think I'd say more generally as an artist, maybe just as an artist in general, if you're a photographer, painter, whatever, what have you learned as a creative person trying to navigate the the creative industries? Navigating the creative industries is all about making contacts and going out. You always end up meeting people and you don't want to be too much either. So you got to build relationships over a long time is the best way to make things happen. So go out Try to network a little bit, but don't be too aggressive. Don't be too annoying. That uh, People hate that. <laughs> you know. And you want to basically make friends with these people so that they eventually want to work with you also. I mean, if your stuff is amazing and you know they see a lot of success in it, you can get your stuff into you know the industry. But I think if you're just getting started, go out and make connections and try to just meet people, meet promoters. I mean, there's so many different people that you can meet in different pockets of the industry. So I think that's a really good approach to getting started. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's a it's a silly phrase, but it's accurate. Uh, your network is your net worth, and I, uh, it's very broy, but it's very accurate. If you don't know anybody, you know, I, if if you release a song in the woods, does anybody hear it? Um, oh man, someone someone mute my mic, please. All right, so Lefty, thank you so much for joining us. It's been wonderful talking with you. And if you'd hey, like to stay on, we'd love to have you. We're going to listen to a few songs now. Thanks for listening to this interview from House Club Live. Join us during the live stream every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash warnercase to add your input to the conversation, ask questions to us and our guests, or just hang out. Thanks for listening, and please consider subscribing to the show or to the podcast, or both. See you next week.